And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Speaking of growing, if you want to grow your business, you're going to have to learn how to manage cash flow. Might not sound like that big of a deal until you try doing it. Cash flow is the lifeblood of any business. And if managed poorly, it can also be the death of any business. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot of other stuff. But first, I need to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io because hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage a team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. If you didn't know it, that's my business and we love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So come on by. I guarantee you'll at least get some good advice out of the call. With me today is Matt Fruget and Matt is the CEO and founder of Squaredash, which was also so one of Startup Hustle's top Dallas startups, you can go to squaredash.com. Now there's a link for that and a link for fullscale.io in the show notes. Why don't you go down and click the link for Squaredash so you can learn more about Matt's business and have a little more context straight out of Dallas, Texas. Matt, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and uh, you know, we, I, I, my uh, co-host is often another Matt and I'd say he's the other Matt. So I'm either the other Matt or he is, but I shouldn't, shouldn't I'll have a the, hard time. Uh, I'll be the other, other Matt today. Yeah. The, the triple other Matt. So man, that'd be confusing. That would really yeah. be confusing. So <laughs> most well, people call me by my last name. So Fruge, I had to yeah. ask how that was pronounced. And I, I asked for a reason because I could have butchered that. Now, um, you know, I like to start my conversations on the show with a little bit about you know, my, my guests, uh, backstory. So why don't you lay a little of that on us and, uh, uh th- then we'll get into this old cash flow management thing. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so born and raised in Beaumont, Texas, uh, spent my entire life there until I joined the Navy in 2001. I was a avionics technician on the E6B out of Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma city. Um, got out, didn't want to work on airplanes anymore. Um, but, uh, got into sales, kind of bebopped around in a, in a couple of different, uh, arenas there, ultimately found my way up to Dallas, Fort Worth. First job was at a roofing company, knocking doors, setting up inspections, uh, after hailstorms had come through and, uh, did that for a couple of years, learned the business and decided to strike off on my own in 2010. And, uh, yeah, I've been a roofing contractor ever since until this most recent venture, uh, with Square Dash, where I decided to take a leap into the software game, uh, which is a completely different different world. So it's than, a little uh, different than than roofing. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Al- a little although, bit. if you stumble, you will fall down a very sharp cliff in either. I th- I think that part <laughs> is is the same. Now, at Square Dash, um, you're solving problems related to cash flow, and that's obviously what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But what 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 brought you to the realization that there was a problem worth solving there? 
a lot of pain and frustration within my own company. Um, so here in Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, we're kind of the mecca of hail and wind storms um, just because of the population density. So, you know, a storm could come through 40 minutes, you know, later there's 400,000 homes that just got pummeled by hail and um, yeah, it, it creates some operational scaling problems uh, for businesses that uh, go out into the communities and fix these properties. Um, you know, if you go to, from five jobs a week to doing 50 or 100 jobs a week and you're only getting part of the cash from the uh, insurance claims up front to start the work, that's great. But if the money's not coming quick, you, you either have to be a cash flow ninja or have, you know, couple of commas of, of cash reserves sitting there waiting to deploy so that you can make it through through the year. Um, and so we focus primarily on uh, insurance restoration contractors, uh, whether that be roofers or water and fire guys, um, so that we can, you know, help them speed up their cash flow and give kind of a, a predictable uh, timeline on their revenue so that they can grow with the speed of their sales and marketing teams and not uh, be beholden to the accounts receivable team. So, Yeah, and I hadn't really given a lot of consideration about the surge nature of roofing because, and you're right, because, you know, in Kansas City, we have some of these same weather challenges that maybe sure. not, well, we get tornadoes a little more yeah. than, but with those come hail and other stuff. And, you know, when they come through, man, I mean, it, it really messes up a lot of stuff. And I think probably most roofing companies are probably used to working on a couple things at a time at most, not 57. Now, I, now industry wide, this is a, the, the cash flow nature of construction, restoration, all of that's an issue. And for those of you that have been listening for a while and, and watched our series, uh, Startup Hustle TV on YouTube, might have seen my good friend Eric Perkins, who's a YouTube influencer and really well-known home builder, struggling during some of those episodes because even outside of the insurance claims, even just someone that's building a home, you know, they get paid in slices as the home is completed and moved down the line. And there was an issue just, I don't know, someone didn't fill out a piece of paper or check a box on something and it just messed everything up at the bank. And, you know, that caused a whole lot of chaos and turmoil for him. And, you know, he ended up, you know, getting it sorted out, but was talking a lot on the show about, I mean, I'm going to have to go use my home equity line of credit or, you know, a yeah. bunch of different stuff. And, you know, these are things that, well, I guess on some levels we may sign up for that as, as business owners, but I don't think anybody wants to do that kind of shit at their business. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh it's a universal problem in the construction industry at large, right? Whether it's insurance claims or it's new construction or commercial construction, you know, a lot of the, uh, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, you know, the payments are tied to workflow completion, right? You get paid when you complete this, someone's got to come inspect it. They've got to take photos. They may have to turn it into their boss. They may have a checklist they need to fill out, whatever the case may be. There's kind of a, a workflow, um, dependency on getting paid. And, you know, it's 2023 we live in a modern age of easy button, right? And everything's got an easy button. Everybody wants it now. And, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve uh, with Square Dash is bringing some modern technology to, um, to the workflow process and, and speed up some of the steps in between uh, those, those boxes getting checked and, and contractors getting paid. How long um, does it normally take to get paid a claim 
for something you know like that's that. a, it, it it's a moving target right so contractors are not directly contracted with insurance carriers they're contracted with the property owner and the property owner as the policyholder is contracted with the carrier and so all the payments go directly from the carrier to the policyholder so you know there are some carriers where they do direct deposit most of them still operate on paper checks so that check has to get mailed out there may be a mortgage company on it uh, as listed as a payee. So just like if your wife was listed, you and your wife would have to sign it. You would have to mail that off to the mortgage company, to their loss draft department. They have to review your file, make sure you're not behind on your payments. They sign off on it, mail it back to you. Then you get the deposit, you give it to your contractor. You know, that process could take four, six, eight weeks. It, it just, I mean, it's a moving target. So meanwhile, your house is sitting there in disrepair, you know, with a hole in your roof and a blue tarp waving in the wind. And, you know, it's, the money is coming. You just don't know when. And that's, that's the problem. And so we, we fix that. I've made a list of some tips for managing cash flow to business. And the first one is creating a budget. But one thing that creating a budget that you can't do is predict calamity. Yeah. I mean, you can't, and I mean, that's the, I, it's, it's just, I don't know. They always talk about, you know, Murphy's law, which is the, the worst thing will happen at the worst possible time when you expected it the least and can't really create a budget for that. Now, one of the things when it comes to managing cash flows, as I, you know, I'm coming up on, I'm a couple of years off of being 50, man. And I've realized that with that, I'm not old, I'm experienced. But I've, I've always put this in my budgets. I always put a line that literally says, oh, shit. So I have my <laughs> oh, shit line in there. And people are like, what is this? I'm like, it's the oh, shit line. They're like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, shit, I forgot that. Oh, shit, that happened. Oh, shit, yeah. this. Oh, shit, that. And like that can be different at every business. But for me, I mean, I'll put like a, a solid number, like 2 or 3% of our revenue yeah. just for that because things occur and I don't know, man, until, until we, until I host a founder that has a working crystal ball for the rest of us, that's the best thing I've come up with. (laughs) I think it's a good one. Uh, you know, in in the construction industry, it's, uh, it's a daily occurrence though. Shit. There's a lot of, oh shit in that. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of entries in that account. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that you might want to dial that up depending on your industry. Yeah. You know, another thing I put in here, so prioritizing expenses, um, once again, difficult to do when you have this surge mentality of stuff. And I don't know, man, I read people's business plans and I talk to them about their stuff. And, you know, a lot of people are, are trying to prevent the sky from falling. What happens if things go really well? And unfortunately, as in the roofing business, things go really well for roofers when things don't go really well for other people, but it's still right. the business opportunity. And if you can't, capitalize on that, then that's a problem. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Like, you know, the the roofing business, um, you know, we we make our living fixing people's problems. And where there's problems, there's pain, right? And it it sucks that, you know, people have to endure pain for us to exist. But you know, when shit gets broken, someone's got to fix it. And, um, you know, it's a very episodic industry, like you said, you know, it, it, it comes in waves and it's unpredictable. I mean, hell, we had a storm here in Dallas, December 13th, right? Like, why is there a hailstorm on in December? <laughs> you don't know, right? You can't, you can't predict these things. And in our business, it takes a lot of operational support in the back office to support the activity of the sales and marketing team. Um, 
And, and that's where owners get in trouble is having to scale overhead to, uh, to, to meet the administrative demand that, you know, this type of surge, ha- you know, requires. And, um, if you're bank balance accounting and using your company as an ATM, you're, you're, you're going to get caught in a, in a, in a real pickle. And, so- um, what does Square Dash do? Like, what's the specific nature of of how you do stuff, or how you handle it, or how do you make it faster? Yeah, so it's two it's two pronged, right? So, um, when an insurance carrier sends their adjuster out to the house to do their inspection, he's going to write a, a scope of work and an estimate and deliver that via PDF to the homeowner, whether he mails it or emails it. That's, um, you know, that's a promissory note, right? That's them saying, if you do this work, we'll pay you this much money. And so we developed some document processing technology that allows us to extract all that information off the PDF and create a digital duplicate of it in our system so that we have a source of truth on that, uh, that claim that we can validate. Yes, it's a real claim. Uh, we have full payment rails in our, our platform. So the homeowners or property owners can make their deductible payments and all insurance claim proceed payments through our platform. But what we do is we use that data, that metadata of the claim to make a decision on whether or not to fund the contractor um, upfront, basically. So as soon as a customer pays their deductible, the first check that may have a mortgage company on it that's stuck in limbo for six weeks, we go ahead and advance that money to the contractor and allow them to start the repairs immediately. Um, same thing on the back end money. Once they're done, they send an approval request to the homeowner. They sign off. Everything's good. They can go ahead and take an advance and not have to worry about where the checks are because we know they're coming. We just don't know exactly when. And the second prong is, um, it's also someone's job duty at a roofing company to take these documents and translate very generic line items, remove and replace laminated shingle, right? Well, that could have 400 permutations between different products and color choices. And what can you actually go down to the material supplier and buy for that line item? So we've done the cross-referencing and the transcription of all of the the actual real world material and labor to those generic line items. So when they import that document, they can immediately turn that into material and labor orders and, and send that off to production. So saving hours and hours of just data entry and, and tedious work on each file and then ultimately getting them paid as soon as they finish the work or as soon as they're ready to start the work. So I'm at your site. And once again, go to squaredash.com to learn more about Matt's business. Um, so your revenue model is, is a mix between subscriptive and subscription and, and essentially funding a, a percentage of the funded amount. Right. That, yeah. Okay. How much, yeah, is the so aver- how much is the average roof? I mean, that's like a five digit number, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you're just talking about the roof, it would be in the eleven to twelve thousand dollar range. Um, the average hail claim is going to be closer to between fifteen and twenty, just depending on the the size of the house, because it could be the roof, the gutters, the window screens, the fence, you know, the garage doors, whatever could be damaged by hail could be on a claim. And most contract, most roofing contractors act as general contractors and, and do everything on the job, subcontract everything on the job and just make it a one-stop shop for the homeowners. So, so let's, let's pull over for a second and ask, so what, what's been the hardest part about going from the construction business to the software business? Mm. Um, time and budget. Um, you know, it, it always, 
you look at software and without peeking under the hood, you know, it's kind of like looking at a car. You're just like, man, that is an awesome looking car. Like, Paul's <laughs> ass. It's sexy. Is there an engine in it? <laughs> right. You know, like what's under the hood? Yeah. And it's real easy to underestimate uh, what goes into engineering a product that does what oh, you yeah. want it to do. So yeah. um, the project management aspect of it is very similar. Um, but, you know, how the sausage is made is, is quite a bit different from tearing off shingles and slapping some new ones on in a day. <laughs> so. you know, one, one, one of my really good friends is, uh, is an engineer and a guy, uh, well, he has his own company now, but for 15 years, he was the guy that did the blueprint and the bid on buildings between five and $10 million. And mm-hmm. he came over and helped me with the kitchen renovation once and estimated all my parts costs. And he was off by like 18 cents for like the whole <laughs> kitchen. And he was, nice. he was upset about that. Actually, he was like, damn it. I was like, dude, how did you even come that close? He's like, that's not even that close. But you know, you look at something that has some, that that's the difference is, is some of that stuff is predictable when it comes to time and labor. And I talk to people about this all the time. Like no one really knows how long it's going to take to build your software. Right. And that's a problem. That's a problem. So yeah. And there's, there's ways to deal with that and work with it. And for those of you that are listening, I know so many of you that listen to this show are, are, technical found or own tech companies or aspire to. And, you know, that's why we really recommend that you got what in the beginning, you got to put, put, put your bandwidth towards one or two things that are the core elements of what you do and come around for the rest of those things later. Cause if you're not aces on one thing and that's, you know, that's the thing that I like about your platform Matt, is it's, it's niche in the regards that like you're focusing on helping the roofing community, but dude, that's a big, that's a big market. Like any clue how many roofing companies there are in the U S cause it's gotta be a lot. Yeah. So there's like a hundred thousand registered companies. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And you know, property loss as a whole, if we're talking about property loss claims, it's about $67 billion here in the U S it's over a trillion dollars globally. Uh, a third of that, is hail and wind. So 23, $24 billion is hail and wind claims. And that's almost exclusively managed by roofing contractors because as I mentioned, the big ticket item is going to be the roof. There might be a bunch of other stuff, but the roof is what gets damaged and that's who comes in to put it all back together. So it's a sizable sandbox that we're playing in here is our beachhead market, but we do expand. We do plan on expanding into all of insurance restoration because the process is the same, whether you're talking about a fire flood, a hail, a wind, whatever the event is, um, the process is going to be the same. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. There may be, you know, small incremental improvements to it, but it's going to be this way for a while. And we're not trying to steer the entire insurance industry away from their model. We're just trying to uh, use technology to make a better mousetrap. So, so, you know, on my, I, I want to get back to the list of ways, cash flow management tips. Before I do that, a quick reminder to today's episode of Startup Hustles powered by Fullscale.io. We talk about expertise and being good at things. We are good at helping you build a team of software developers, testers, and leaders. If you're unaware, North America has a huge shortage. There's about 300,000 open tech jobs. What about all the tech layoffs, Matt? Yeah, those people make as much as your seed round. So you're not going (laughs) to hire them on the way out. But you want to build a team quickly and affordably, get the people, the platform, and the process, go to fullscale.io. 
All right. So back to this whole, this whole dog and pony show and spinning plates and everything. Cause that's what it feels like managing cash flow. It's real. It can be a real pain in the butt. Next to my yep. list, I got monitoring invoices. And I feel like that's something that you guys are, I see you've got some automated stuff in here. I, I you know, I'm also the founder of gigabook.com. I have a high appreciation for what an automated reminder can do in life. Right. You probably got one this morning about the show. I did. Yeah. I did. And you know what? People it's don't awesome. really miss, people don't miss the show. It's the same. It's pretty simple, but, but you know, that I think that, uh, I was just doing a recording about sales and most people don't sell as much stuff cause they're terrible at following up. And if you can oh. get something that automates that for you, man, you're in good shape. So like, you, you know, what you got the automated follow up with adjusters is a big part yeah. of your platform is that, do you get, do you get people telling you like, Oh man, this happened faster because that's in there. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, in the con in, in the roofing community, you know, it's very adversarial with contractors versus insurance carriers or adjusters. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, roofers are, a, we're a rough bunch. Right. And so, yeah. we don't, you know, and this is how we make our living. So, um, it, it can take that route very quickly, but at, in reality, you know, adjusters are, they're just people doing their jobs, right? Like it's yeah. not their bank account. It's not their money. They're just following guidelines at their company. And more importantly, they're busy. They have no personal vendetta against you, right? It's not like, oh, this Matt guy, he was a real asshole on the roof. I'm going to delay his payment. No, it's if not you're that. you're talking about me, that might be true because <laughs> I'm not good at heights, man. I'm not good at heights. I'd probably You know, honestly, I'm scared of heights too. I, I, I'd be I like, really dude, I'm like not heights. coming down. How are you going to cash this check? <laughs> I'm not. I live up here now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So the automated reminders are, are huge because, you know, we, we have it set up to where it, it sends them emails until they reply because yeah. you don't want to bug them or piss them off or annoy them, but you want to just be that constant squeaky wheel saying, Hey, have you released this payment yet? Where are we at on this? What are we doing? You know, because you know, they do eight, I know adjusters in, in a, in a cat, you know, environment where they're deployed or at a hurricane or, a big hailstorm here in DFW, they might do eight or nine inspections a day. And then they go back to their hotel room and they write all those estimates, they send all those emails out and, you know, things get dropped through the cracks sometimes. And so just a constant reminder, it just helps well, push things along. Last I checked, if you're up on a roof, it's a not convenient or safe to be sending reminders to people. This is true. I mean, that was true. like when I, dude, when I built Gigabook, that had a lot to do. So Gigabook, if you're not aware, is like Calendly on steroids. It's fully okay. customizable. Like we exist for the people that need a booking platform that isn't built for a specific niche, right? Fully yeah. customizable stuff like that. But you know, the, the thing is, is there's, you know, when I started it eight years ago, there's so many service providers that are, you can't react, respond, reply, or remind while you're providing the service. Like, and, and while we're not really built for the massage therapist, that is a good example. Could people think about Cause if you're paying to get a massage and someone stopped four times in the middle of it to answer the phone, reply to an email and do something else, you'd be like, it's yeah. kind of a shitty service. And if you're the person providing the service, you're sitting there doing it and you're like, Oh my God, what kind of stuff am I missing? So yeah. Yeah. Simple, yeah, simple automation, of, simple automation. Plenty of times where I, you know, I'm looking for a check to arrive. I go, 
check with the adjuster and he's like, Oh, I never, I never got your in invoice. Can you resend it? And this is like three yeah. weeks later. And it's yep. like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So next on my list, I've got managing debt and I got to feel like that's something that squared Ash really helps people with because there's gotta be a lot. I mean, if you're, we mentioned a lot of things that you mentioned like a cash flow ninja or whatever. I'm just assuming that a lot of, a lot of contractors, roofers, whomever, you know, you've got credit cards, credit lines, stuff like that. And, and, you know, if you don't manage that appropriately, you get on the wrong side of those levers, it can get nasty and expensive. Uh, and I, and if any of my, so right now, as we speak, my house is finishing its third week of renovation and painting and stuff like that. I mean, if the painter came up to me and said, Hey man, I got a credit card bill. Cause I didn't manage my cash flow. So I'm going to need to charge you a couple hundred extra bucks. I'd be like, no. Right. right. So they, but, but that's, you know, debt management and that can come from a number of different places and getting paid faster means you get to pay the debt off a little faster and you don't have to flex a lot of things. So probably not a whole lot of commentary needed on that one. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are helping contractors eliminate debt, right? Because the only people in our business, at least for roofing that extend credit are the material suppliers. And guess who is typically paid last material suppliers. Yeah. And if you're using that to pay overhead expenses and, and run your business because you're waiting on that cash flow to be unlocked from checks you waiting, you're waiting on to collect. Yeah. You, you can get on the nasty side of that real quick. And, and then once you are, you're just pushing that AR ball up the hill for like eternity, unless you kick the can, way man. Kick the can. Yeah, exactly. I've had to kick the can, man. That's a real thing. I mean, it is. I've, like, I've almost gone bankrupt yeah. three times in this business. Yeah. Like it's. You sound like an entrepreneur. Then that's a that's a normal <laughs> thing. You know, they say that most successful entrepreneurs flirt with going broke or go broke two to three times, and I mean uh, that's yeah. Uh, yeah the the pandemic taught me important lessons and leverage is all I can, I'll just leave it at that. that was, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was back to that Murphy's law thing, you know, and some of that is, you know, it's easy to, well, I said I wouldn't elaborate, but fuck it. I will. So, you know, like, here we go. I thought I was about to, we hadn't had any investors. I had multi-million dollar offers coming in. I was flirting with some of them. So I actually thought I'd take a couple of them and yeah. I, and I aggressively paid some other stuff down doing the dumb thing you're not supposed to do, which is spending money before you have it. Yep. And then all of a sudden this thing called COVID comes around and it just changed everything. Investors wanted to step back and do a lot of different stuff. And I didn't really appreciate that. So I didn't move forward with those people. And, you know, just like, I don't know, man, there was a lot to deal with cash flows. Once again, it's the lifeblood of the business. Your employees don't want to hear about it either. They, yeah, want to they don't paid. care. They want to get right. paid whenever it is that they're supposed to get paid. So that's your problem. You get to deal with it and, you know, to deal with it. Um, all right. So another thing in here, and I think this is a, a thing that a lot of people don't think about is taking advantage of early payments and discounts. Does any of that apply with insurance or anything like that? Anybody give a discount or pay a couple extra bucks back if they get paid faster? Um, your material supplier usually has a discount program set up depending on how you set your credit line up. Um, okay. And, you know, it's usually like a 1% discount. Uh, you know, which adds up if you're doing a couple million bucks a year uh, in, in business, you know, it can it can make a difference there. Um, 
the mo the the real benefit you know you just kind of alluded to it in your story um i have a similar story we decided to expand um in 2019 at my my roofing company we got a new office 7000 square feet we had a sales team of about 15 people um some things inside the company with management went wrong we lost most of our sales team the week after i signed the lease so here i am with a $80,000 a year commitment for an office and two sales people and i'm like what the fuck are we going to do you know and it just goes back to the unknown, right? And spending money before you have it. A lot of times you have to, right? If you're planning yep. for growth, you yep. have to invest in people, space, equipment, whatever the case may be. And if we can bring predictability to revenue and we know that, okay, I have five people, they produce this many deals. We get them on this date. We're going to be paid in full by this date, right? Versus let's just go out and be a shit hot sales team and sell as much as we can. And then we'll worry about the collections when they come in. Right. And that model that does a, work at a lot of businesses though. It does. And it's how yeah. most businesses operate yeah. in this space. Um, but it's very hard to plan and strategize around yeah. a very flying with your pants on fire, you know, well, the hard part with that is not most salespeople aren't anywhere near as good as they think they are. <laughs> it's just the truth. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, and especially if you have a new sales team or something that can, that, I mean, that can be all over the place. It's uh, I always tell people like in my business is like, Hey, look, if our problem is we're selling too much too fast, y'all keep doing that. I will figure out how to clean up somewhere. Right. We'll figure that out, you know? And um, you know, also being too tentative, you know, there's this story that I like to tell that's about it's, it's fast. It's, there's this shopkeeper that never gets around to opening the store because he's too busy cleaning. <laughs> you don't want to be that yeah. guy either. You don't you know? want to be that and guy. That's, and that's, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. They're like, I'm waiting for the right time. The right time doesn't come, people. Like, right. that, is a, that is a myth and a lie that we tell ourselves to excuse ourselves from not doing the stuff that we want to do or that we're capable of doing. Or it's... You keep, if you hear yourself, if you hear an echo of your own voice, it's not the right time. Eh, There's never wrong. a right time. Yeah, it's not you know? coming. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, and that, don't make a lot of promises, but that one I will make. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, I, by the way, in regards to, to early payment discounts, so I, I, I've mentioned before that I used to work in the music industry. I worked for a company named Roland and they were the world's largest maker of, they are the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments. They do like 5 billion a year in sales. But yeah. I, you know, I dealt with dealers that were in 13 different States and um, you know, we had all kinds of options. We had financing options through companies that would do what's called floor planning which could help you get, you know, kind of pay it off as you, as you sold it. We, there was always net terms. We'd have different specials and offers. Here's the thing. We didn't run around and like always tell everyone about that because it's expensive to get paid six months later. But I'll tell you what, when people ask for it, they usually got it. And yeah. uh, there's, there's a simple phrase that you can always utter to anyone. So is that your best price? Say that to people in life and see what happens. And you will yeah. eventually save money somewhere, somehow, because most of the people that are working at places giving the discount, they don't give a shit. They don't, that's not their money. Right. Can I get a better price on that? Yeah, I can. 
you know, next thing you know, you're getting, and let them determine that. And yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they can say is no. People come back, give me thousands of dollars back. And if they had just said no, I was going to buy it anyway. Right. Yeah. But guess what? It'll help your cash flow. It'll help your cash flow. Just ask. Worst thing you're going to hear is, is no. All right. This next one is, is something that people really mess up, dude. Accounts receivables. And this plays right into your business. It's like, they get busy and it's just another day. It's just another day. It's just another day. And next thing you know, you got all these aging receivables and, and those add up, man, they add up over time. And, you know, people are bad about chasing them down. Now, look, if people aren't paying your invoice or your bills on time, that's a red flag. Yeah, now, that is a huge red flag because that's how businesses get themselves on the shit side of AR. And, oh, yeah. you know, cause I, I, this wasn't Roland, but I worked for another company in the musical instrument business that was basically going bankrupt and was flexing big credit lines to sell more stuff and kind of pad the, pad the bank account. And Roland yeah. was one of the companies that got hosed on that because that company ended up going out of business. And, and these are, these are things if, you know, pay attention to the AR use tools like Square Dash. There's, there are other things in other industries that I know you're aware of that. So, you know, there, yeah. I don't know, look for the tools that are around. If you, if you want to find a solution, looking for a solution is usually the first place to start. Absolutely. All right. Yep. So factoring, factoring is similar to, you know, factoring to this is, this is the, I think a problem you solve because factoring or AR or invoice advances traditionally were stupidly expensive. Like you guys do a set rate on like the whole thing. I like that, but factoring is, I mean, oh my God, dude. So we, I looked at that for, so my average client pays 20 grand a month recurring and I don't run AR. They pay at the front of the month for the sure. month that's about to occur. Cause I, cause if I didn't, I'd be floating a million dollars a month in receivables. We went to look at what it would be like to maybe finance that in these factoring companies, meaning like they're going to take your AR and be like, yeah, oh, sure. And then, and, but dude, it's like, you're at a fraction oh, of yeah. what they would charge. These places were like payday loans, man. Like they wanted 20, they're 25%. Crazy. I mean, they're they're just like modern day loan sharks, and oh, yeah. you know it's unfortunately there's only a handful of options for contractors to solve this problem. Right, yeah. they can go get a line of credit from their bank, but if you know you're you're out there selling a couple million dollars in your first or second year, you're not going to have two years of tax returns to support a two million dollar credit line, right? So then you got merchant cash advances where you, you know, it sounds real good and they attract you with the, you know, a low interest rate. But, you know, when you actually do the math, it's like a 50% interest rate paid daily over six months. Yep. So our yep. business doesn't support that kind of payback. So it's, it's why we came up with the solution, right? Like we can validate the claim. We know the mechanics of the money. We know that the timelines involved in it. We know the work being done on it. We know the approval chain that needs to be in place to secure and, and kind of mitigate risk. And with all of that understood, um, there's an easier, cheaper way to provide funding to these contractors. And, and we're super proud of it, super excited to release this to my, my peer group, the industry I've been a part of for 13 years and heard so many horror stories, experienced the horror stories myself um, in, in trying to manage the, the money inside the business as you grow. 
The thing I like is I'm look I'm at once again at squaredash.com and um, I just like tools that help people get things done better, faster, cheaper. Yeah. You know, it's like you mentioned, like rather than a blank line or a bland line item, like here's some options or click this, or maybe just make some assumptions or I don't know, man, if you make it easy for people to help you, then you're going to get a lot more help is usually the advice I've given people. They're like, I can't get any help. I'm like, first off, are you asking? Second off, are you making it easy? Dude, I'll get these messages and people will be like, okay, first off, I, while I, I'm flattered, but don't invite me to coffee. I'm not coming. Yeah. And I say yeah. that because it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a two and a, it's a two hour thing. Like if you want to talk, like let's, here's a zoom link, man, let's get into it. You know, and yeah. so some of that right. is, or, or offer to come to me or something like yeah. that. If, it, if it's all advice driven and you want something from someone else, make it easy for them and you will find you will get more help. It's a very, very Absolutely. simple, people, people a very like simple formula. <laughs> People like to help anybody that's fundraising out there. You know, we just kind of wrapped up our round, um, but ask for help, ask for advice oh, yeah. for feedback versus asking if they're interested in investing. Right. And that just, yeah. that's kind of that's universal, universal across anything. If you think there's value in a relationship, um, ask them to help you. Right. Not in, in a way that's meaningful to them. Right. Uh, some of the best advice that I've ever received in my life. I, so I was in New York city. This was, man, this was like eight years, seven or eight years ago. I was meeting with this guy named Kirk McDonald and he was, had an office in times square. And first off, when I went in, I was like, man, this seems like an interesting company across the hallway. Who, who is that? And he's like, I don't know. They're called Snapchat or something like that. I don't really know what they do. <laughs> anyway. So I went and I was, I thought that was, I always think that's a funny thing, but I sat down and I'm talking to Kurt and he said, you know, Matt, he goes, I, I think you're going about some things the, the hard way here. What's easier climbing the mountain yourself or asking those on top to pull you up. Yep. And I was like, Whoa, dude, I felt like I just talked to the Oracle for a second, you know, and like, <laughs> but it was great advice. Cause, and you're right. You know, you mentioned like, there's so many people out there now, you and I are both enough in the Midwest. You're a lot more of the South Midwest, but I don't know, man, people, people here in Kansas city, they're friendly. If you ask nice, they'll, they'll, they'll talk to you. And I think sure. that I've learned that entrepreneurs love helping other entrepreneurs. Cause here's the thing, man, there was someone, I remember being, well, look at that story I just told. I, I didn't know that dude. He was introduced to me by a friend, you know, and yeah. like entrepreneurs, like helping other entrepreneurs are asked. Knowledge isn't meant to be kept. It's meant to be transferred. In fact, if you have knowledge and you're not transferring it, you're kind of a selfish asshole. So don't be that. Absolutely. Way. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship requires a high tolerance of pain and we've yes. all gone through. Yes. We, we've all walked across the coals. Right. And to oh, not, to not reciprocate that back to people that are on the other side of those coals deciding if they want to take the leap or not, you'd be an asshole not to, to give them yeah. some advice or, or help them along. And, and dude, some, some um, of them's the best advice you can give people. And I don't like to shed or crush on people, crush people's dreams, but sometimes I just tell people, I'm like, I don't think this is for you. Right. Like, or, 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 Hey, you're, I, don't know, I had a guy once who was waiting for me after I gave a speech and he had this big, thick business plan. He's like, Hey man, I want to talk to you. I was like, what's up? And he goes, I'm going to take down Amazon. And I was like, dude, I don't have time for this. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, cause there's, there's, you know, back to good advice. It was probably episode eight or something. We had a guy named Laryl Holt and I asked him to describe it. He was the founder of a, of a huge company called Carstar. 
Um, and are you familiar with Car Star? I'm not. No. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 created a franchise and and business model that was good for body shops because they were fragmented okay. and kind of like your tool does. You know, it was like, hey, here's all the shit you need because you probably don't know how to do this that well, but. I asked him, I said, well, who are you? He goes, well, I'm a coward. And I was like, okay, that's a strange answer. And I said, tell me more. <laughs> Cause it was not computing at this point. Cause as entrepreneurs, we are brave, but he goes, well, I'm brave like an entrepreneur, but I'm really a coward. Cause I like to find something that no one else is doing. And I go somewhere to get really good at it where everyone's going to leave me alone. And I don't mess around with fighting giants. And yeah. then it made sense because like you talk about Google or Amazon or whatever. And like, I mean, these are, I mean, companies like that, they, they don't even know you're there. It's right. you're, it's just step on you and move on. So, all right, well, here we are. And you know, the time always flies here on the show. And I like to end my episodes to start a puzzle with what I call the founders freestyle. Uh, with that, I'd like to hand the mic over to my guests and, uh, you know, Matt, you're, you, you, what are your closing remarks that you'd like to, to leave the listeners with today? Um, you know, I would, I would just speak directly to any roofers or any contractors that are, that are listening out there, right? Cash flow is much more than, you know, um, how you sustain the business, right? It certainly is a huge part of how you sustain the business, but it's also how you grow the business. Uh, in, in, in our business, you know, if you want to hire a new sales rep, um, he's probably coming from an industry that he was unhappy with. He may have been excelling, but he probably doesn't have the bankroll for 60, 90 days that it's going to take to keep him and his family fed. Um, which means while, while he builds up his pipeline, which means you are going to have to fund that, right? You're going to have to pay him draws. You're going to have to figure out a way to keep him fed so that he keeps, hopefully producing for you. And there's no guarantee that he will. So if you want to hire 10 guys and you got to pay him two or $3,000 a month, you're going to need a hundred grand liquid cash in the bank reserved to make sure that guy moves forward. And that's just another one of the problems we're solving is how do you use cash flow acceleration to grow the business and not just sustain the business. So even if you're not a roofer, you know, think about that in your business. And as Matt said, there are tools out there, seek those tools out, become aware of the problems that lie in your business and see if there's tools out there that can help you. Um, Cause that's all we aim to do is, is help contractors using our tool. Yeah. For, for my freestyle, I'm going to, well, first off, thanks for joining me. Congrats again for being on our list of top startups in Dallas. Uh, quick reminder, fullscale.io. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Another episode of start a puzzle. Um, you know, we, uh, we're coming up on our 5 millionth download and have had listeners 194 countries. So I'll, I'll thank everyone for paying attention. It means a lot to us now. Um, you know, I always like to leave good, uh, practical advice. And when it comes to cash flow, there's all kinds of tools, all kinds of methods, all kinds of things you can do. I think you owe it to yourself as a business to a understand what they are, B set them up, even if you're not going to use them right away. Cause yeah. the problem is, is at the moment that you do need them you might not have time to set them up. And, you know, that's, you look at something like square dash, like, you know, go and pay the subscription fee, you know, have it ready, understand how it works. Cause at that time you need it is, you know, not always the right time. Maybe if you talk about needing a line of credit or, or just getting a loan or any of that stuff, while it does and can happen remarkably faster than it did five or 10 years ago, still not always fast, man. We're talking about bankers and you might, and, and with that, 
you might not have your shit together at your business. You know, like right. you mentioned two years of tax returns or this or that. And like, how, 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 how much is your house in order? You know, pun intended there, but sure. um, you know, with that, just explore the options, understand what they are. And if it comes to setting something up or having that stuff on standby, I think the peace of mind of knowing that you can lean in and that you have the right tool. Look, the, the best craftsmen have the right tools with them. They don't use them every single day all the time, but they've got it there. And if yep. you get, you know, every building crew has that old guy that has a nickname like the wizard or something like that, you know, and he, it's, that, it's that like 73 year old guy. You're like, dude, why didn't you retire? He's like, I just like building. You know, and he's got some weird tool in there that, that no one else has. And there's that time when he needs it and it just changes everything. And that's, that's experience and understanding and knowing that you don't always need the tools every day, but knowing that they're there and that the time you need them is worth a lot more than going and trying to fetch it and blah, blah, blah. How much is your time worth? How much is the opportunity that you might miss worth? And how much is the peace of mind worth? of not having to deal with the stress. So Matt, thanks for joining me, man. I love what you're doing. I'll check up with you down the road. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you having me on. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.